0: EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support the recruitment industry. Go to EasyPayServices.co.uk forward slash RecLiveLounge.
1: RecruitersLiveLounge.com Where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspirational recruiters on the planet. And today's guest is Kai Murray. Um, Kai is the former managing director of Search Consultancy um, and she managed their period of massive growth. She was the former director at MPL Healthcare Um, And she's now a well-known, really quite well-known, management and leadership consultant, uh, working with recruitment businesses and some not recruitment businesses. She's received loads of awards for her achievements, including being the winner of the Scottish Businesswoman of the Year. And she's personally raised over 150,000 pounds for the Princess Trust for Carers. Kai, I hope I've got all of that okay there for you. How's it going?
1: Good, thank you. Good. Um, I, 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 I'm a bit worried about this inspirational bit, but we'll have a go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kai, you're somebody that we've been trying to get onto the show for quite a while. So I'm personally really, really pleased that you're here. I know there's a lot of recruiters out there looking forward uh, to this interview and, and finding out more about you. But look, tell me a bit more about the work that you do now.
1: Um, okay so since um, I sold out because I um, sold um, my shares in cert in uh, December 2007 which I always like mentioning because people go did you see it coming and um, I have created a practice really um, which uh, more recently or in the last six years I've I'm joined forces with a company called Sherlaws and Sherlaws are very well known um In the UK and um, in other countries for business coaching, consultancy, so um, I use a lot of their IP, Um, they taught me how to be a coach because I'm I was very consultative and what I do now is work with um, mainly business owners um, or their their boards and uh, work with them um, to get through growing periods if you like or growing pains because a lot of them in these startups know exactly what to do, Good. but Good. when they get to a certain size, they're maybe not sure how to get to the next stage. Yeah. Um, the other thing we do is at the other end, we help businesses in, increase their equity value pre-sale. Um, make sure everything's ship for a sale, if you like. Um, and I also run um, leadership growth programs.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And thank you for that, Kai. The, the, the companies that you do the growth uh, consultancy and coaching with, is there an optimum size for that? I mean, do you take it from just very large companies or medium companies or what's the what's the ideal size for, for, for them to be working with you?
1: Well, as an organisation, we work across the board. But my sweet spot, I have to be honest, I, I like working with the kind of small to medium sized businesses. So um, not startups, because they're not ready for us yet, but you know, my, I'd say my sweet, sweet spot would be anywhere between kind of two and 25 million, um, where you've, you've got a, a, an owner or a group of people that are still making all the decisions and they can meet them quickly. That, that's where I really enjoy working.
0: Fantastic. Well, Listen, I'm really looking forward to getting you into uh, the live lounge and getting my questions into you. You ready to start? I hope so good <laughs> okay kai in the live lounge i know you've 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 watched uh, episodes in the past you know that we always like to kick off with our guest's favorite success quote what's yours
1: um it, i don't know if it's a quote because it started off as a, a bit of advice and i kind of turned it into something Okay. Uh, for me so um what 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 someone once said to me when i said you know how do you grow these recruitment businesses you know when you're the main person doing whatever, you know, the sales or or delivery or whatever. And somebody said to me, well, what you need to do, Kai, is surround yourself with talented people. Um, And I've kind of taken that because I I did do that. It wasn't easy at first. Um, But I think there's more to it than surrounding yourself with, with talented people. I think what you then have to do is once you've got them, you have to look after them. And what I find is if you looked after your team, they looked after your business. So that that really worked for me. And, you know, I'm I'm really proud these days because quite a number of um, the kind of top team, in fact, most of them, um, all have their own recruitment businesses now.
0: Right. It's fantastic.
1: Seven of my top team. And and another one of them actually runs Search in Scotland as well.
0: Brilliant. What a pedigree. So, So all of those people that you, you know, sort of surrounded yourself with and nurtured have gone on to... Uh, most of them have gone on to run their own recruitment businesses
1: yeah and successful businesses which is Fan- great
0: fantastic and that's that, that that's really good uh, that's really good to hear Um, Kai with some of your um, clients that you work with currently your coaching clients that you work with currently are there any examples where you try and get them to, to uh, uh, you know live that same success quote You know, any, any examples of, of where they have or where they haven't done that
1: um, well Interestingly, for the recruitment industry, um, you'll know this. Um, it, a lot of people find it difficult to surround themselves with people who might be better than them. Yes. And and I only know that because I find it difficult to begin with as well. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Well, you know, I'm not very good at this part of it. And I'll give you an example. Sure. The, the early days of recruitment, I was very strong on the perm side, but the temp side of the business. Um, wasn't my forty. Sure, sure. Um, the person that now runs search in Scotland, we found her, and and she was just such a talented female in terms of the temp business, and had so much more experience of running that high volume type business. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah.
0: No. Absolutely, it does. And and that's the key thing, isn't it? I, I agree with you. I think uh, uh you know, a lot of us, and and myself included, in in the early days it's that feeling that i can't do something but actually it to admit that i have that weakness in my arsenal you know you feel it internally that you're leaving yourself open as soon as we can get you know sort of beyond ourselves and and just think what what's the good of the business here that's when you you know you open up the you open up the gates and you allow the very best people and you surround yourself with you know with talent hopefully complementing the skills that we have and beyond yeah. uh, so no I do agree with that Um Kai again in the Live Lounge we know that um, behind every person that's successful there's usually been uh, you know a real dip a real whether it's a mistake or you know massive challenge what was that challenge for you <laughs>
1: Um, I had to think really hard about this one because there's so many
0: <laughs> um,
1: so thought so, you know like what's gonna be what's gonna be helpful to people and I think there's there's two in particular um, one we we um, failed to do an IPO um, which was very interesting because that was kind of right up to the last minute and a lot of hard work but the one I I, I think about a lot uh, sorry I talk about a lot when people ask me about my challenges is um, the day I came back from uh, my ski trip I was bouncing into the office, um, really kind of ready to make all these changes because I am one of these people when I go skiing, I think about what I need to do next and how we can improve things. Right. And then um, one of my directors came into the office and he sat down and basically resigned. Um, so he ran my construction business, which at that point, because we were multidisciplinary, um, it was probably the business I knew least about. Ouch. Um, so it, it, it was a, you know, it was, it was a struggle at the time, but I knew I could cope. And, and there was no point in trying to talk him out of going because he wanted more within our organization. And there was other people um, that worked for me that were ahead of him. So I couldn't give him what he wanted at that point. So, you know, I very, I was an adult about it and, you know, wished him good luck, et cetera. Um, but before he left my office, he went into his top pocket And he brought out nine other envelopes so when i'd been skiing what he'd been doing is talking his team into going with him
0: oh my goodness
1: so suddenly i had a construction business and i had one person left in that business and they were on holiday
0: oh my goodness
1: so that was a challenging day for me
0: wow the whole team walked
1: the whole the whole team and um yeah and we and we had to remove them from the business very quickly, because what we found was that not only that, but they they zipped files and transferred things, and it was just, it was messy. So, wow. but it was a it was a I have to say one of the toughest days.
0: Kai, talk us through. I, I, you know, I'm struggling. i I've, like you. I've I've been that person that's come back from holiday, um, and with experience, I've I've learned that uh, do have more more trepidation or slight trepidation as you walk into the office. As, uh, as an MD of a company, I know whenever I see an envelope on my desk is, is the the moment I go, oh, my God. To get one major one and then nine of those envelopes in the day, I can only imagine how how horrible you must have felt in that moment. But talk us through the steps that you took. What, did, what were the first things that you did? Because I think people will really learn from this.
1: Um, well, the great news is I'd had a holiday. I think if that had happened prior to the holiday, I might have... <laughs> I might have reacted very differently. Sure. Um, the the first thing I did, to be honest, is I kind of regrouped because it was such a shock that I didn't want to overreact. Mm. So I basically closed my door and gave myself a talking to um, and thinking, you know, what, what can I do? The next thing I did is I basically got um, the other directors who were in the business that day into the boardroom and I explained to them what had happened. And I just told them it as it was. Um, back to what i said earlier about looking after people whilst the guy that had resigned and taken his team was a good friend of these guys he had been in the business for a long time um you know my worry was that they'd all react in a negative way about it yeah um but in fact i got the complete opposite i mean they really rallied around so we sat there for about three hours making a plan because there were I think, at the time, um, construction was one of my smaller businesses at the time, but it was about 300 temps out there, and we're thinking, what do we do with them, you know? So, um, I mean, it was just amazing, Roy. I remember that night, um, driving home about 9 o'clock, because it was a busy day, and um, getting a phone call from one of my directors who ran my legal team. Now, think about it. Somebody who does legal perms versus somebody who does volume construction, yeah? private school, jolly hockey girl, phoning me up and saying to me, right, Kai, I've delivered nine hard hats to these flats and broom house. And I'm like, and this is like a really rough area. And just, it, 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 it summed it up for me. It was like, we just pulled together and I can't say it was easy. I mean, there was, there was, the next six weeks were pretty tough in terms of trying to Make things happen. I That's mean, right. the response the phone doesn't say they hadn't got a tender in and we had to do that last minute. Um, but I, you know, the team and I just decided that we wanted to protect our business um, and we'd do everything we could to do that. So, really, the key thing was about keeping the business going while I was out there trying to find somebody to replace the main guy. Because right. what I wanted was a construction guy to replace the team, not me to yeah. replace the team. Um, the other thing I, I, I came out, that came out of that was really positive on the, the support I got from the team. But the other thing that came out of it is, you know, I'm, I'm quite competitive. And um, I did say to the guy when he left, because I, I did think it was a bit naughty of him yeah. to take yeah. nine people, um, that I would turn this around and I would prove that, you know, I might not have a construction background, but we would keep the business and we would grow the business. Um, and I found somebody to do that um and about 18 months later um one of the team returned three of them actually applied to return but it, it just wasn't right for the business but one of them did return and um, we did protect that business and the business continued to grow so whilst it was a challenge at the time as I say if you have a good team around you it it, it doesn't all fall on you
0: yeah um, that's, a, that's a fantastic example Kai <coughs> excuse me um a fantastic example, and I think that it, it, just going through that process with that team—I mean, I wouldn't wish that, you know, sort of uh, situation on anybody—but I'm presuming that just that event and the and the aftermath of that event brought you closer together as a team. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, certainly for me, I mean, as an employer, uh, I've always tried to be very fair with people Um, but but clearly you have to make tough decisions so you're never quite sure you know what people think of you (laughs) Um, and i got such confidence and encouragement from the support i got from the team there and it it was quite incredible and it was almost like it made me feel we could do anything Um, and probably helped the next growth spurt the other thing to think about is for people that these things happen to, whether it, you know, if you're a smaller company, even one or two leaving can really impact on you. Um, is that this team were successful, but they were very traditional recruiters. And I had other much larger, more profitable teams who were really shifting and pushing the boundaries. And what we were able to do is when they left us, we actually made a lot of changes that we wouldn't have been able to make in that business and almost modernize um the business uh, had the team stayed we wouldn't have been able to do that so you know you do have to think of the plus side
0: quite i, I love that final you know sort of learning point there um and i suppose a, a question for you because i do speak to people that you know this happens to this uh it's, it's generally not nine or ten people going you know or a whole department going but I speak to MDs of businesses where a principal consultant, a principal revenue producer will leave um, and taking, you know, clients and candidates with them and then, of you know, several instances where they've then later come back and attracted staff out. Um, and one of the common things, I think, you know, we as business owners uh, experience is that feeling of I've got to do something about it. Now a lot of them put a lot of energy into going legal and, you know, wishing bad. What would be your advice for those people? Because your experience there was different.
1: Um, we did go legal on them, Good. I have to say. Um, I, I, I might not have, even although it was a a, a team. Um Apart from the the, the the zipping of files and and stealing of information is the way, you know, that I see it.
0: Crime, crime
1: not doing tenders and not letting us know they weren't, the, all of that, I just felt we couldn't let go. Yeah. Um, so we we did go legal um, and we did restrict them, which I was, we didn't fully restrict them, but we restrict, restricted certain things. So it, it, it did work for us, but Good. you know, it's expensive, it's stressful. And the more these things have happened to me and the more experience I have of working with clients where it's happened to them, um, especially in the recruitment industry, I think these days, you know, There's masses of business out there for all of us. Unless somebody's doing something illegal, if they're just going, um, if they're a good person, they will take good people with them.
0: Yeah. It's a fact, Uh, isn't it? It's a fact of life.
1: It's kind of trying to think more about protecting your business and shifting your business rather than going after them. Because if you focus on the going after them, you'll lose the business. Yeah. So there's, there is a balance there. I don't know if that helps, Ross.
0: No, it really does. And it is that thing, you know, I, um, I counsel in the same way that you do, which is, look, if there's a, a crime, then very definitely, you know, that that person should be pursued. I always get worried about the amount of negative energy that it generates in, you know, my client, the business owner. And if that negative energy is allowed to fester, it doesn't Allow them the space to do the positive things that you've just described. And um, so I, I try and say to them, look, if you if you're gonna go legal, great, go legal, but assign it to somebody, get the best that you can afford to do and just get them to fight it for you. But try not to get sucked into that process, yeah, because it doesn't do it doesn't do your business any good or you, you know, the the person.
1: Well I, I've um I've seen some recently where the business owner done exactly that, got sucked in, yeah. and been so negative that they've actually lost more people. Ouch! Because they they've just got themselves completely wound up by the whole situation. Yeah. You know, and as business owners, we have to stand apart from that. Um, you know, the amount of time that you and I have had to bite our tongue or close a door or whatever. Um, yeah, it, you need to be really careful. And and I hope that I didn't ever. Um, focus on the the negative of them leaving, I focus much more on the, what are we going to do about it, Um, and as I say in the background you've got a lawyer who should know what they're doing and I think you need to assign a budget to it because these can run away with themselves, and a time scale
0: Um, That in itself there Kai is a real knowledge bomb I think it's just those two pieces of advice there, set a budget with the lawyer set a time limit with the lawyer because if not, it, these things you know, just run on and on and, and, and can cost a fortune and sap the energy over long periods of time. Yeah. But brilliant, thank you for that uh, advice and sharing that example with us. And um, Kai, you and I both worked in recruitment for uh, more years than I could care to uh, acknowledge or, or think about. Um, when, when was that moment for you, that Eureka moment where the light bulb goes off, everything clicks into place um you know what you're doing when was that moment for you
1: okay um i'm trying i tried to think about where it was in terms of time scales or even turnover sure um, and and i think i think it was about 19 million wow <laughs> i could be wrong um because the business is then at the stage where you can't do everything yourself and so I had got some of the really good people in, and, and, and started to see the results they were getting, if you like. But what, what happened to me was that I stopped working in the business. I thought from this moment on, if I still think I can do the odd recruitment piece or you know the the sales bit to the clients or whatever, the business will stay this size. Yeah. So what I did is I made myself work on the business. Good. Um, and start to try to make the meetings with my guys much more strategic and um, rather than operational let them run the operational meetings they knew exactly how to do that but let's let's me focus on being 6-12 months ahead of the business and then getting these guys to implement this stuff so I don't think we would have shifted from 19 because the next shift was at 40 million right. if we if we hadn't done that because at 40 million, I had to then get all my operational guys to do that. And that's when we went from having um, just managers to moving them up to associate directors and getting operational managers in below them. Yeah, It's kind of back to what I was saying earlier, Roy. It's surround yourself with good people, get them to do the same, and they all push you up.
0: Yeah. it's uh, And that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I, I agree with you. It is that thing of... It sounded in, 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 in what you said, of forcing yourself to work on the business because as recruitment operators, it's really hard, isn't it? I mean, you're probably the same now that you hear about a recruitment deal that's going off and you know it fires off something in our, our psyche uh, of, wow, that, it's, that, it's that buzz of speaking to a candidate or the you know, buzz of ringing a bell because we've just done a deal. It's really hard to, to to keep yourself away from that um, sometimes. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, a really, really good point. And it's interesting as well, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. It's interesting as well that um, in terms of c- companies growing businesses, and this is the work I know that you do now, that often as business owners, we're good to get it up to a certain level. And then we really struggle because the, 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 the ones amongst us who just cling on to the job that I do or the clients that I have or the candidate relationships that I've built up, it almost then needs somebody else, if not that person, to get it you know, to get that company up to its next stage of growth. Is 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 that your experience as well?
1: Yeah, what um, what I find quite a lot is a lot of recruitment companies they have um well, a lot of businesses have what we call black holes, but recruitment companies have them at particular times, and you, you'll have seen it. It's those that struggle to get to three million, yeah. and then yeah. another group that struggled to get to six. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I can take that to the next stage, which is normally the getting up to 12, kind of 17. Um, so the, there tends to be points where we fall into this black hole.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, there's either... Most of the time, there's kind of skills or skill sets missing. Right because, you know, the the skills I needed to get the business from zero to three million was very different from the skills we needed to get it from, I don't know, 100 million to 120 million. Sure. Um, And and what what we found is that we look at businesses, um, and one of the things we do is look at, you know, their leadership. But, you know, that's very traditional. You've got managers, you've got leaders, and it's kind of one or the other. Well, we believe most people have both in them. They just have more of one than the other. And the other skill set we look for is um, the entrepreneurial skill set, yeah, yeah. because um, a, a lot of recruitment um, businesses that do well are very the, the leaders are very entrepreneurial. But you and I know that when we've got entrepreneurial bones in our body, we're not very we're great at the ideas, but not very good at making it happen or finishing it off or all that sort of stuff. So we work with people to, to 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 look at their team and make sure they've got these skill sets, and then. What point in the business do you need these skill sets? Mm. So you know, I think a manager is as important as a leader because you know, the manager focuses on today, yeah. implementing, making sure we fulfil the needs of the clients, etc. So it's it's when you need certain skill sets. Um, I had a team recently where they were ready for a growth spurt. And there's four directors. And the one that was leading the business at the moment was the manager. And what we actually needed was the entrepreneur to take the stage at this point and push it forward with the ideas, if you like. So it can be about the skill sets. It can be about adding skills. Does that help you? It's
0: brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Kai. Real real knowledge bombs in there again. Um, Kai, what do you do personally on a daily basis that you think sets you up for success, you know, and whether it's your routine now, whether it's the routine that you had, you know, in your previous life, what is it that you do on a daily basis? Um,
1: if anybody's watching this that's worked for me in the past and, you know, There'll be a we few. had over 600 staff, so there's probably quite a few of them out there. Sure. They'll, they'll laugh at this because um, I, I also sometimes used to ask them this question. My, my daily routine, when I got in the car at the end of the day, was to say to myself, what have you achieved today?
0: Good.
1: Um, and yes, that, that was originally based on my competitive spirit. Mm. But I think now it's more about what I've achieved today and then reflecting on what I might have done better, what I've learned from it, et cetera. But the early days, it was more about what I've achieved today because you can have all your lists, but you need priorities and you need to actually make some stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know I, I have worked with business owners who are very talented but they don't know how to make it happen um, so yeah that's that's my big question myself and I still do it and um, I, I'm very sad actually because when I've had a great day with a client and they've got maybe some sort of shift or you know something's clicked for them that, that, that you know they didn't think would happen um, I am that sad person who high fives my mirror in the car <laughs> I love it, I just love it
0: i'm with you kai i'm with you i'll I'll be high-fiving you or high-tenning you <laughs> just call me when you're in the car um it's brilliant so your, so your um, reflection is at the end of the day um rather than particularly at the beginning and different people do different things right i
1: plan at the beginning of the day good yeah so um i used to be quite a list person i'm not as good at that anymore well good i used to be quite a list person but it was almost like to-dos rather than things that would make a difference right so now i would rather do what's the three things that i need to do today that will help me move forward if you like rather than have this huge list that nobody ever gets through and um, so it might a plan at the beginning of the day but my reflections at the end of the day and it was always the car yeah it, it just it was a place that i was able to i suppose you've not got people coming into your office and meetings etc
0: it's funny actually kai because that's um you know we, we both know it's a trigger point isn't it is it? that 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 point when you open the car door and you step in uh, it just conditions your mind it becomes a habit where that's the that's the place at the end of the day that I do my reflection and it's interesting because when we break that pattern you know let's say for example you weren't traveling home by car that evening you happened to be I don't know somebody else had, had given you a lift or you were jumping on a bus or a train um, I know for some people it's really, really difficult because it doesn't fire off the trigger to do that productivity reflection. Um I, I also love, and I think this is such great advice for anybody watching this or listening to this. The idea that rather than having lists and lists and lists of things to do, um reclaim your own personal agenda. You know, I think very often, as recruiters and recruitment uh, entrepreneurs, we get sucked into other people's agendas, whether it's candidates or clients or colleagues or whatever. Um, but to 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 have really clear focus on the one, two, or three specific goals that you want to achieve, and and the the things that the priorities that you need to get done today, having that in your plan before you kick off your days, it's just It's powerful stuff. Otherwise, people just take, you know, they'll take your agenda, they'll give you theirs, and and, uh, you get sucked into it. So some really great advice there, Kai. Thank you for that. Um, Kai, I I always always feel slightly uncomfortable asking this question, but let me ask you anyway. What do you see as your biggest strength and perhaps your biggest weakness um, as a business entrepreneur?
1: My strength... I've known, I've always known, and other people have picked up on it um, because it's my persistence. I, I'm, I, as you mentioned earlier, I, I work with some charities um, on a voluntary basis, um, and um, my chairman um, said to me recently, "You're like a terrier with a bone." Um, so not always enjoyable for everybody, but um, you know, I always think there's an answer. I always think there's a solution, and I'll just keep going. Um, and, and that's always been with me. Um, in terms of weaknesses, um, t- yeah, definitely, um, it's my impatience. <laughs> okay. Um, and again, people that have worked with me will know that I'm kind of like one of those people that say, "Right, we're doing this," and you know, two minutes later, I'm going, "Have we done it yet?" Yeah. <laughs> I manage that much better now, but um, I do get very frustrated can get very frustrated when you know we've agreed to do something and it doesn't it doesn't happen so sure. i have to counsel myself on that because not everybody works as quickly as i do um and 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 you know and sometimes there's a better way of doing things so um yeah impatience
0: it's funny isn't it because the um, the strength and the weakness there they're kind of linked i think that tenacity and that doggedness to do the deal i mean these are characteristics that uh, both you and I would have would have recruited in spades to come and work for us because you need that, you know, you need that in the business that we work. Um, but yeah, a, a direct kind of reflection of that is that, that uh, we get impatient, you know, it's like it's just not quick enough, come on, we need to get it done. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, I know mine's mellowed with age slightly, but I still do have that. Uh, slight impatience probably more with myself now than than with others yeah. um, good thank you for that um, Kai look uh, you've worked in some of the most successful profitable recruitment businesses in the world uh, you've operated at a really senior level and you've worked within our recruitment industry serving our recruitment industry for many many years now I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball Um, and tell us your vision of how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next five years, or how you'd like to see it develop over the next five years. There's a slight twist on there. Okay. Um,
1: Unfortunately,
0: I don't
1: have a crystal ball. um, I wish. Yes, so do I. Um, My my clients would love that as well. Um, But I do have some thoughts on maybe what people should be doing now
0: Good. Uh,
1: rather than um, looking five years into the future because that's quite far ahead. Good. Um, what interests me about recruitment is you know, even if you're my age I go into recruitment companies and I still see them using the same processes and systems as I used, I'm not going to mention how many years ago so I'd really like to see how somebody really disrupting that um, I've not seen it yet. I mean, clearly technology has supported the business. There's no doubt. Um, but I think there's room for somebody to come in and do something really quite different. Um, I'll lay that to one side and, come and and think about, you know, what people should be doing, if you like, um, this year. Um, I, I was surprised to read some stats recently that said that um, 60% of um, recruitment companies still weren't using social media. That really... I find that incredible
0: They're living in a cave or something right
1: well who knows who knows i I have worked with a company who's very very successful who's just getting onto it now so you know i don't think it's i don't think it's unsuccessful businesses no just some of them haven't moved into that area so i think what we'll begin to see is a kind of um much more of a take-up there from those businesses that are not um using uh the social side of things um Interestingly, what I'm seeing, because I've got, I'm working with about six recruiters at the moment, all different sizes and different disciplines, um, six different recruiters, as in six individual recruiters, um, and what what I saw when I first went in there is that quite a few of them are still acting as if they're dealing with a client-driven market, right. so their structures and processes reflect that, right. so you and I know and, and a lot of recruiters know, we're in a candidate-driven market. 100%. So I think a lot of people at the moment really need to be looking at, am I still doing what I was doing five years ago? Or even two years ago? Because actually it's a different market. Yeah. Um, you know, what behaviors are we rewarding? Um, and if we're beha- rewarding very client-focused behaviors, is that, uh, is that the right thing? So what I'd be saying is look at, look at what you're focused on, um, and look at ways of improving the candidate experience. That doesn't mean we forget the clients, no. but you know the candidates are just as important and, and almost more important now because we have such shortages. Um, I also think that um, because of those shortages, companies need to invest in either time or money, invest in um, overseas research and kind of offshore research. Um, we did a lot in the past in terms of where we had shortages, bringing people in from other countries, um, and and sending people out to other countries. But um, I think I think that's a good thing to do. Um, and the only other well, there's, there's, I could go on forever here. But the only other thing that I, I'm noticing, which is really quite interesting, is the um, the Generation Y are entering the workforce. Yeah. Now yeah. that's going to be very interesting um, because Generation whilst Gen X were different from the baby boomers. We've mm. got the baby boomers who are, now of them, a lot of them are getting ready to retire, and you've got these Gen Ys coming in who have a different mindset. Um, they're much better with technology and social media than we are. Mm. Sorry, I'm including you in my age group here, which is a bit rude. No. Um,
0: <laughs> Accurate. <laughs>
1: but they they also come with quite an entitled attitude, and I think I think. Um, in terms of our own businesses as recruiters and our supply to the market we really have to think about how we're going to deal with that
0: yeah yeah kai are you sure you don't have a crystal ball
1: (laughs) yes i am absolutely sure
0: (laughs) some brilliant brilliant advice there and your first point about the social media you know i i get that i speak to a number of people and they they ask me questions like do you think i should go on twitter and you know and, and my advice is always the same whether it was five ten years ago or now um, you know before social media we would be saying to ourselves and to our recruiters fish where the fish are you know it's like if your candidate uh, source is you know your, your pool is on Twitter then that's where you need to be if it's on Facebook that's where you need to be if it's on LinkedIn that's where you need to be um, and yeah, it's interesting times, isn't it? That's, that stat is scary. I, I hadn't heard that before, but that's very, very scary. Um, but thank you. Listen, thank you so much for sharing that that with us. Um, Kai, I'm. Uh, I have to ask you whether you're ready for the lightning round. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. The
1: lightning round.
0: Okay, question one in the lightning round is, Kai, what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from becoming more successful?
1: Um, If I was to focus on the recruiter rather than the business owner, um, I would say recruiters need to stop selling and start helping Mm. the clients. Um, That doesn't mean they don't sell, but there's a big difference. The more you help your clients and your candidates, the more business you're going to get. Is that? Brilliant, answer-
0: brilliant, thank you. Kai, what's the best piece of business or recruitment advice you ever received?
1: Um, be yourself because everybody else is taken.
0: <laughs> I love that, that's brilliant.
1: I think sometimes as recruiters, um, we in business may not have the confidence of some other um business people yeah Yeah. and you know particularly now when i reflect back i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now if i hadn't been in recruitment you have to remind yourself the skill set that we build is quite incredible and it's very broad so you know stop thinking of yourselves as second-class citizens because actually we're professionals offering a professional service Um, and and I think when we realise that and are prepared to just be ourselves then you know um, we could do so much more.
0: Inspiring thank you I I really really appreciate that. Kai what's something that you see working brilliantly either for you personally or the recruitment businesses that you serve could be a piece of software or a hack or I don't know an app on a phone or whatever but Something that you see working really, really well for those companies or for yourself?
1: The companies that I see that are doing well at the moment, um, I said to you earlier, technology is really not my thing. So it's not an app or anything like that. It's, um, it's the business owners and the people that are running the business making the complex simple for mm. the business. Um, you know, for all I've said about recruitment, it is not complex. No. So what our job should be is making it simpler for the business. So, you know, simplifying the processes, simplifying the systems. I mean, there's still too many databases out there that lose candidates, you know. that We all know that story. So, um, again, back to what I said earlier, for the business owner, it's making sure you take the time out to, to, to improve this kind of simplicity for people. Mm. You know, let them sit at their desk, go out and see clients, candidates, whatever, and get on with their job. Don't give them all this other stuff yeah. that, you know, you should be taking away from them and, and, and giving it to a specialist
0: if you like. Yeah. It's get out of the way, isn't it? Get out of the way. It's like, you know, the, the thing works. Um Kai, the best business book that you've read in the last six months?
1: Um, I probably only read one about every six months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an avid reader, but I'm not great with business books. Um, The one that I'm reading at the moment, I actually think is fantastic because I saw the guy speak recently, and I had to go buy the book. And it's called "Black Box Thinking."
0: Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Who's that by?
1: It's by Matthew Syed, S-Y-E-D.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And it's um, effectively—he's a journalist, an um, ex-Olympian—and it's about learning from mistakes. So black box, as in, you know, when, a, when a, um, a plane crashes, they've got the black box and they learn from it and they make changes so that it doesn't crash next time, if you like. Sure. But then he compares it with other industries where that doesn't happen. Um, and that's, it's really quite interesting. I'm really enjoying it.
0: Fantastic. I'll, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to get it. I know the author, I'm just not familiar with that book, so I'm going to go and try and find that when we get off this interview. Um, final question in the lightning round. If you woke up tomorrow morning, Kai, still armed with all the experience, all of the knowledge uh, that you have, but your current business wasn't there—you know, the work that you do wasn't there—what um, would you do? How would you start again?
1: Um, do you know? I find this dif- this question the most difficult. Yeah. And um, because. I wouldn't change anything. I would do exactly what I've done again. I suppose the only thing I could say is that um, knowing what I know now, having grown the business, exited the business, um, helped other people grow their businesses and exit their businesses, I could do it a lot faster because I, I just know so much more now. Um, and, and also I have, I have tools that I didn't have before. Um, so I don't, I don't think I would change anything. Um, but I equally think there's lots of things out there that I could do. Um, because I think when you are driven and you do enjoy life generally, um, you know, give those people a, a task or a, or a problem and they'll just get on with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love what I do. So I probably would do the same again.
0: Fantastic kai i'm really really sad we've come to the end of our time together you know it's what seems like a really short time together and i know that you and i could probably talk on for hours sharing experiences and 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 knowledge um and i'm sure there's loads of people that want to listen to that conversation as well but we sadly we have come to the end of our our time together um kai's two final pieces before we let you go um how would people get in touch with you after watching this episode or listening to the podcast uh, how you know how, how what's the best way for people to contact you and then do you have a final piece of parting advice for our listeners and our viewers
1: okay um, so the best way to get in touch with me is through email um, so my email address is kai kei dot Murray, um, at sherlocks is it Dot? No, it's not. We've changed it. I'm so
0: sorry. Don't worry.
1: Kai.murray Murray at Sherlock's Group Fantastic. Um, parting advice: What companies need to do now, if if they want to grow, there's nothing wrong with being, uh, you know, staying the same size and just doing things really well. But if they are, if if businesses are about growth then the parting advice would be invest in your future. Don't invest in today. So if I'm turning over 12 million yeah, and I want to be turning over 24 million or 100 million, what you've got to do is look out there in terms of how would we look as a brand? What would we be doing out there differently from now and start to invest in that Mm. now? Does that make sense?
0: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Kai. And, and I think there's a lot of people um, that will be watching and listening to, to, to this that that will really strike a note with them. Because it is about, you know, what do I need to do to get to that point? That's where I need to be making the investment, not on what we're doing now. So just keep us where we are. Um, thank you, Kai. I, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that uh, you agreed to be a guest in the Live Lounge. Thank you so much for your generosity today.
1: My
0: pleasure. Thank you. And uh, Kai, hold on just with one second for us. Um, For everyone that's listening, uh, you've been listening and you've been watching Kai Murray in the Recruiters Live Lounge. Uh, Wow, what knowledge bombs today. Um, It might be a good idea for you to re-listen or re-watch this episode and take as many notes as you can because there were some real knowledge bombs in there. Um, For you to keep getting episodes and podcasts just like this one from the most inspiring people in the recruitment world on this planet then please subscribe to recruiterslivelounge.com i look forward to seeing you in the next one until then bye-bye
1: you've been listening to recruiters live lounge with roy ripper Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader.
0: What would it feel like to get all of your back office administration done under one roof? EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support your recruitment business. EasyPay want to offer one month's free fees to any new customers who come through Recruiter's Live Lounge. Just go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge.